0: Welcome to another episode of Sports and Discourse with your host, Derek Stevenson. And I had to bring my guy, Jason Alexander, back because, like I told y'all before, this is one of the only Russell Westbrook supporters out there, man. Everybody is down <laughs> on Russ and just down on the Lakers in general, man. And um, I need my guy to explain what happened, man. But So first of all, I just want to thank you for coming back on the show, brother.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's good to be back on here with you, chopping it up. Uh, Granted, it's got to be about my Lakers in a bad sense, but man, it's good to be back on the show.
0: Yeah, man. I appreciate it, man. We're just going to get right into it, man. So let me just ask you the first question. I got some stuff written down for you. The first thing I want to ask you is, overall, do you think the four-year LeBron James experience has been a success, part one? And then you know i want you to keep in mind like one title in la is not really as impactful as it was for cleveland right and then yeah, i also want true. and then i also want you to consider that all the young pieces that they gave away to get anthony davis and westbrook and you know cuz it was like i know they were young but now hindsight looking back They gave away a couple of young all-star caliber players and some draft picks to basically try to win in the immediate future. And it really hasn't worked out, man. So can you talk to me about the four year LeBron James experience? How do you feel about it?
1: All right. So for me, for me, I'm pleased with it for the most part because of that title. And I know uh, I know you mentioned that it's just one title in, in Los Angeles. That title is not as impactful as it was in Cleveland. But at the same time, it's a title. And one of the reasons LeBron James was brought in there was to win titles or title or something, and he got one. And so uh, I ain't mad at that, and I can't be mad at LeBron at that. And I don't claim to be a big LeBron fan. I'm a Kobe guy, so I ain't got no beef with LeBron. But I mean, my heart is my heart's always going to be with Kobe. So when I when I defend LeBron or take up for LeBron, I don't want folks to be thinking, you know, here's another LeBron stand. No, that's not it. I ain't a LeBron stand, but I do appreciate. I appreciate how good he is and what he's brought to Los Angeles because he's at the, he's on the, he's on the back nine of his career. I think we all can admit that. And granted, he's 37 years old, still out here scoring 30 points a game and had a bunch of 50 point games and all that. And that's just, to me, that's just showing how great of a player he is. But at the same time, the, his, the expectations of him for me personally, well, I would have been, I was happy with one title. I didn't expect him to come in and win multiple titles. You still had the Warriors out there doing their thing. Uh, You still had – you got teams like Denver coming up. Denver showed that uh, they can win with Jokic, especially when they get healthy again. The Phoenix Suns, they basically came out of nowhere. They did. So, it wasn't like the Lakers – it wasn't like the Lakers were just going to cakewalk through the West and whatnot. And and it's the West also. That's another thing that has to be taken into consideration. He's not in the East anymore. It's not – it's not a simple – and granted, the East is tougher than what it was when he was playing in the East, but – he, did, he didn't have the cakewalks to the finals that he used to have when he was in the East. And I don't mean that to disparage the East, but we all know that the competition just wasn't as tough for him in the East as it was in the West. You know, in the West, my man came – he can barely get into the play the playing game. couldn't even get into the playing game this year. And if he was in – if he stay, had stayed in Cleveland, we all know that Cleveland would be doing – well, Cleveland's doing good, but Cleveland would probably be in the hunt for the title right now if he was still in Cleveland, for real, if we're going to be honest about it.
0: And uh, what was part two again? And yeah, so I wanted to ask you, like, because basically they, the Lakers, kind of have ran their organization kind of the way the two thousand and five Miami Heat did, if you remember, right? So they had, right. they had a, uh, they had Lamar Odom, Eddie Jones, Brian Grant, Karan Butler, and they basically gave up all those players to get Shaq. So they basically kind of leveraged their future or they leveraged their present, I'll say, but they kind of gave up on their future. And I feel like they could have maybe made like a five-year run with that team if they had gave like Karan, Butler, and Wade some time to develop, but they were trying to win right now. And they still ended up having to rely on Wade because Shaq really at that point he wasn't really able to really like dominate like we had seen. And they nah, basically he
1: wouldn't even scoring twenty points a game.
0: And they basically got one championship out of it, kinda like the Lakers. So the what I'm trying to figure out is, do you think that the Lakers sacrificed too much when you consider what they gave away to get A D and Westbrook? Because they gave away like, for instance, Brandon Ingram, who turned into an all star caliber player. Julius Randle, who came, who turned into an all-star caliber player, D'Angelo Russell. He was sort of, or was he on the team when LeBron played? He might have already been gone, right? I can't remember. I think
1: he was. They they got rid of him right before, right when they got Lonzo.
0: Okay, well, and Lonzo was one I was gonna name as well. He didn't turn into quite an all-star caliber player, but he's a hair away from being an all-star. So what I'm trying to figure out is, do you think they leveraged too much to get just one championship? Or do you think they should have waited and seen how them players develop? Because I feel like, well, I'll get to that after you uh, respond to what I just asked you.
1: All right. Well, it's, it's hard to say because they got that title. Had they not gotten the title, I think they would have leveraged too much, but the fact that they were able to win a title out of it, uh, I don't think that they leveraged too much for it. Uh, those guys, all the guys that you mentioned, you know, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, D'Angelo Russell, Lonzo Ball, they've all, they've all moved on, even Kyle Kuzma. They've all moved on, and uh, they've done good things. They've grown. They've shown probably the potential that the Lakers could have had. But at the same time, with this Lakers front office, are we even sure that the front office would have kept them in the first place? Are we sure that the front office would have treated them right? We saw how they – in my opinion, that they fumbled D'Angelo Russell. I thought they messed that whole thing all up, but that's a whole – that's a whole other story there. But uh, I don't – I'm good with it for real. Now, after this season and this season that I wasn't expecting, you know, it kind of sucks to think that the Lakers don't have much room to be able to improve this roster. I think that's going to prove to be a big challenge for them in the offseason because – uh, they they've said they've said before that hit the we want to move Russell Westbrook and whatnot Russell's agreed to it or whatever but a 47 million dollar contract it's going to be hard to move especially with after the season that Russell had you know granted he's played a little bit better towards the end of the season but I still don't think that's going to be enough for uh, any good teams to take on that 47 million dollar contract so uh in that aspect losing the young ones hurts a lot because had we still had the young ones, they could have a season like this. But we can still look forward to their growth. But and also at the same time, as good as Julius Randle and as good as Brandon Ingram have gotten, who's to say that the Lakers wouldn't be much uh, a much better team than what they were this season? You know, that, we really don't. We really don't know, and we'll never know.
0: And that's what I was going to ask you because all the players that you just named, and you can even include uh, Josh Hart in that. If yeah, if, it's true. If they had developed the way they developed now, and they still ended up becoming who they became. Where do you think they will fall in the west? Would they be championship contender worthy? I think they'd
1: be I I think they'd be kind of like how Minnesota is right now, a team that shows some promise, a team that shows uh you know some promise to get better in the future, but I don't know that they would be contending this year, uh, especially when you look at the injury history of some of them. Julius Randle plays a lot, but Brandon Ingram's been in and out of the lineup. Lonzo, I don't even remember the last time we saw that man play and uh Josh Hart he's had he's had a couple of injuries here and there so it's hard to it's hard to say you know would they still have had them injuries if they were still with the Lakers or not but I do definitely think that if had they been with the team this year they would have put up they would have put a much better product on the floor this year which is weird to say when you think that you had LeBron James Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook on the same team
0: yeah and one of the things that I always feel like they made a mistake on and you can tell me if I'm wrong I feel like they let a few of their best defenders go, right? And oh that, yeah for that, sure. That was Caruso and uh even KCP man. KCP um, how yeah. did you how did you feel, you know, knowing what they ended up becoming defensively, how did you feel about those guys being well I'll say not re-signed? Mm,
1: initially the Caruso, Caruso not being re-signed, that hurt a bunch because we knew the value that he brought to the team. We knew how much he was loved. By the fans, I mean he was, I mean they were calling him White Mamba or something like that. I mean they they love that kid. I mean they love Caruso in L.A. So I hated to see him go just because of what he brought to the team and what that and something that the team obviously needed. You know, bringing in bringing in Westbrook and bringing in Carmelo, and uh, they should have known. I mean, I would have thought they'd even play. I would have thought they would have played Dwight Howard more than they played him. But even in his older in his older age, he's not going to be the defender that he was you know, 10 years ago. So we knew this team was going to have some defensive liabilities and trading away all the guys, getting rid of all the guys that helped build the defensive foundation. That should have been something that that came to my attention a lot earlier than what it did. You know, at first I was caught up in all the hype and hoopla of Russell Westbrook coming in. So in the beginning, I really didn't think about it. I was looking at what these three men were going to do on the court. You know I had no idea it was gonna play out like this. I didn't think it was gonna be i didn't think it was gonna be anything like this but uh you
0: yeah.
1: know um hindsight's twenty twenty
0: right a lot we've seen a lot of big threes work and we've seen some fail do you think this is the most poorly uh configured big three we've seen in a minute
1: uh without question and i hate to i hate to even admit that but i mean without question uh it's like it's like Mitchell Dunn loves to point out on the BTG on Facebook. He loves to point out, you know, they had four Hall of Famers on there and they couldn't even make the playoffs. And, I mean, I mean, what can you say? That's the truth. I mean, and, and like I said, LeBron's 37 years old, but, I mean, he's still out here leading the league and scoring. So, I mean, he's still got a little bit left in the tank. Uh, now, granted, I think it was uh, – I don't know, it's tough because folks keep saying, you know, you can't make excuses and this, that, and the other, but, I mean – ad missed 39 games lebron missed 23 games so i mean there was never an opportunity to get con- c- continuity in there but uh, at the same time as bad as they were even if they had played who's to know who's to know that they would have been who's to know how it would have turned out i don't i don't know how it would have turned out uh had they all been able to play that many games together but i'd like to think it would have been a lot better than what it was
0: yeah it seems like um Westbrook plays a little better when LeBron's not in the game with him um I wonder what made them think that they could be like um a good tandem together because I feel like they kind of almost play the same way and not Mm -hmm. like I don't think they had the same game but they they play the game the same way like they both ball dominant guys um I would say LeBron is a more of a facilitator than Russell, but Russell does pass, but he just likes to have the ball in his hands a lot. And that's why I feel mm-hmm. like uh, he he plays a little bit better whenever he's not on the court at the same time as LeBron. Um, I mean...
1: But the bad part about that is the team isn't constructed for, for a Russell Westbrook-led team. So, well, he does play better when LeBron's out there, but the team doesn't necessarily do better because that team isn't constructed it ain't constructed to be built around Russell Westbrook and it's not constructed to, to play to his advantages and also his disadvantages. So I don't know. It, it's tough, man. You know, I, I thought that, I thought the same thing. I thought, you know, when LeBron, I thought Russ would be able to give LeBron some time to rest, you know, time takes games off that Russ could come in and do his thing and they'd still be good, but it, 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 it that team just ain't built like that. It's just not built for a team that's going to be able to, uh, to handle both of them on the court. I don't know. It it just didn't, it just didn't work. And I just don't see how it's going to work. Not really. Not with both of them being as ball dominant as they are. And they're not going to build a team around Russ.
0: Right. Okay. Well, let's move along to some off the court stuff. Right. And we'll transition back into it, but I want to ask you, how did you feel about the comments that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had been making lately? And what, the reason why I'm asking is do you feel like he's salty (laughs)
1: yeah I I feel like uh I feel like Kareem sees somebody coming for his record and I think he's having a hard time because he probably thought that record would never be broken I could be wrong I could be way off base here with that but it's funny how the closer and closer LeBron gets to that record the more and more we're hearing from Kareem and Kareem ain't saying he's not saying good complimentary things about LeBron you know he's 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 taking a chance to take a dig at him every chance he gets and I don't know i it don't it doesn't bother me at all I kind of like that I kind of like to see a dude that says you know I don't want to see my record get broken because normally we see all these cliched answers where dudes be like oh you know he's done good and he can have the record and all that other stuff I kind of like to see him kind of like to see somebody defending their record and, and growling about it a little bit as cream seems to be doing
0: so what you're saying is you feel like a lot of the dudes uh they put on a show for the camera but behind closed doors they're pretty pissed about somebody else taking their shine away.
1: Oh yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, uh you know, you got to you got to say the right things or you're going to get clowned on or whatnot. There's there's not too many dudes that are that are gonna come out and say something like that's going to put paint them in a bad light, you know. They got they got money to make, they got their sponsorships, they got their uh, endorsements and all that good stuff. So, you know, they don't want to be seen in a bad light. Don't want to be seen as the bad, the poor sport, I should say. and I don't know. I kinda, It don't bother me none. I mean, I think everybody's got a little poor sport in them. I mean, <laughs> it's it's hard to take L's, and it's hard to see a record that you uh, – I think it'd be hard to see a record, especially a record like that, the all-time point lead, all-time point scored. I think it'd be hard to see somebody come in and take that record, especially if you feel some kind of way towards you, Yeah. You know, Kareem obviously feels some kind of way towards LeBron.
0: He seems to, man. And that just – that leads me to ask you this, right? So there's two conversations being had about this record, right? And there's one mm-hmm. where there's uh I would say there's a side of people that are saying that LeBron stat pad. And then there's a side that says that he quit on the team, man. So it's kind of like a little divide. So how, how do you feel about, you know, cuz it seems like he is uh he's playing a lot more minutes than normal. He does seem to be trying to score a lot more. But then, on the other side, he does take off more games now. So, how do you feel when you hear people say that he's stat-padding?
1: Hmm. I always get kind of confused with the stat-padding argument because I don't, I don't understand. Well, I guess I don't understand why stat-padding would be a bad thing, especially if your team is winning. Now, in a situation like this one where the Lakers are losing – I mean, he's gotta put up those stats in order for them to have a chance to win, he's gotta put up them points. So, I mean, they're not they're they're not gonna get it from anybody else, clearly. You know, Russ can give, you know, his eighteen to twenty-two points that he gives, but you know, if they don't get thirty, forty points from LeBron, they're not gonna be in the game at all. So uh when it comes to stat padding, I really don't it really doesn't bother me all that much. Um, at the same time, it's like you said, that divide, you know, if he's stat padding, why is he sitting out games? You know, clearly that man is his ankles jacked up or something. I wouldn't think that it. I wouldn't say that he gave up. I would say that he's frustrated. But if he's not going to be able to go out there and play the way he's capable of playing, there's. I don't. I don't. I just don't see him going out to play. And as much as he, as much as we know that he wants that record, because I mean it's LeBron. We know he wants that record. I just don't see him sitting out games. Uh, I don't see him sitting out for the, for the sake of sitting out. I, I think he's legitimately hurt. So. And, so um, you know, I don't know. I don't. I just don't see nothing wrong. I don't see nothing wrong with stat pad. Uh but like I said, I don't. I don't. I don't really understand that argument because, like I said, I don't see stat Patton as being a bad thing.
0: Got you, especially and, if it helps your team win. And what I want to ask you next was, with what they had at stake, right? Trying to make this playoff, uh, or this play-in game situation, was you a little disappointed that he didn't try?
1: Hmm. Hmm. Well, it's tough because I know how hard it's been. I know it's been a rough season for Lakers fans, so I can only imagine what it's been like for the players. Uh, I feel like the players tried to. Be, well, I don't know. I don't know for myself. I feel like they tried the best that they could. I don't know. It's tough. To, it's that's a tough one there. Uh. No, I hate to say that they gave up. I think they saw reality set in, and I think that uh, especially in the NBA, we see reality set in for a lot of teams, and they just kind of respond accordingly. You know, I hate to say, I hate to say they gave up, but I mean, at the end of the day, it looks like they probably gave up at least a little bit. and Giving up even a little bit is, is I mean, it's still giving up. So I, I can't say, can't say it bothered me too bad. It bothers me as a fan of sports, but with this Lakers season, for me personally, I was just ready to get it over with. I know I ain't, I ain't been to a practice. I ain't been to a game. I ain't done none of it. So I know if I'm ready for it to be over, I know them dudes is ready for it to be over too. I know they're ready to just move on and figure out what's going to happen in the future going forward. Got you.
0: And um, I also want to ask you about this whole Magic Johnson situation, right? So, so so magic johnson is basically in a nutshell he's blaming lebron for constructing the team in a way that basically i'll say this it's like he's putting the general manager title on lebron and saying that he actually failed the team so how did you feel about magic's comments that he made well
1: i got to I have I'm I'm kind of biased against Magic because uh the whole D'Angelo Russell fiasco and how all that went down with Magic D'Angelo and Byron Scott, uh, so I've always had a sour taste in my mouth when it comes to Magic Johnson, the executive. You know, he can I I made the post on in the BTG group. You know, he can say all that stuff, but when when all this went down, Magic Johnson was happy. Magic Johnson was elated. Magic Johnson was tweeting out they're gonna be championship contenders with the signing of Russell Westbrook. This that, and the other. You know, I have more respect for the folks in the BTG group who were talking shit when the Lakers went 0-6 in the preseason than I do for Magic Johnson. You know, them dudes was on it from the jump. You know, they was like, this ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. Your boys are bums. Look at them. They 0-6 in the preseason. And, of course, you know, I was one of the ones saying, "Nah, they'll be all right. It's just the preseason. But, you know, Magic Johnson was a cheerleader in the beginning. And now Magic trying to trying to jump on. He's trying to switch it up. And, he's trying to jump on LeBron and say, LeBron, is this another, you know, where was that back in July? He should have said that in July instead of being the cheerleader. You know, he, that's, and for me, that's just Max Johnson that we've always dealt with. He'll flip flop in a second. He'll switch it up. He's always going to paint himself in a good light. He's always going to look good. And for me, it really sucks because I loved Max Johnson, the player. Right. He was one of my favorite players when when I was a kid. So to, so to grow up and to see him acting the way he's acting now, I don't know. It's it's disappointing. So, uh, no, I definitely don't agree with Magic. Uh, I I, I don't see – I don't understand why Rob Palenka is getting a pass. And granted, it's been getting louder and louder for Rob Palenka, but, I mean, if Magic wants to talk junk on somebody, he needs to talk junk on a guy that took his job. He needs to be talking junk on Rob Palenka. That's who he needs to be talking junk on because if he's going to say that LeBron James is GM, then what does that say about Rob Palenka, that he's letting the player of the team – make all the moves that's on rob rob is the one who's getting a paycheck to construct this team and build this roster so you know and i gotta give another shout out to mitchell She was one of the first ones who said it but rob Palinka is is the one that everybody needs to be looking at so uh that's just about how i feel about that magic johnson he just uh he just he just flip flops and he he the away you know he he was one of the, I mean, that man called Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook on, on national TV. Yeah. Didn't clean it up, didn't apologize or nothing. So it's like, you know, was was he, did he do it on purpose? Was it a Freudian slip? You know, it, I mean, it's Magic Johnson. Do you do you think Magic is a
0: little jealous?
1: <laughs> mm, probably. I mean, we know these dudes got egos, no matter what they try to say, and no matter how they, how hard they try to hide it. I would say he's probably a little bit jealous, you know. Magic was the man. I mean, he's that whole the the show winning time. That show was great. It's showing a it's showing a lot of, of how the Lakers came to to the Showtime Lakers when Magic came in there. So, you know, Magic Johnson. Much as I love Kobe, he's Magic Johnson probably always going to be the greatest Laker ever. But, uh, you know, I don't know. He's just been he's been disappointed off the court. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that.
0: All right. Well, let me get into this then. So. Cause you know, he's, he's really good friends with Jeannie bus. They like brother and sister. So right, I'm going to ask you about some people and I want you to, to tell me what you think Jeannie bus should do with these people. Right. And first I'm going to start right. with Frank Vogel. How do you think Jeannie should handle the situation with Frank Vogel?
1: Frank's got to be let go. He's got to go. Uh, a lot of, a lot of what happened this season falls on him. You know, uh, Anthony Davis made the comment, we had more starting lineups than we did wins. And part of that is due to injuries, but part of that is due to Frank Vogel just messing everything up. Now, granted, some of that probably Rob Belenka's fault for giving him the players that he gave him. But uh, at the same time, Frank Vogel's got to figure it out, man. You know, Ty Lue, Uh shout out to Ty Lue. That man lost Kawhi, that man lost Paul George. That man's best players were Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris, and they are going to playing game. So it's Frank Vogel could have adjusted. Frank Frank Vogel could have made the moves to get the Lakers in the right position. Uh, I I saw the other day uh, when they played, I can't remember who they played, but Dwight Howard played 38, 39 minutes. Russell Westbrook played 34 minutes. I mean, tell me how that makes sense. How does that make sense to Dwight Howard playing more than Russell Westbrook? So it's just things like that that have happened continually throughout the season. So for me, Frank Vogel got to go.
0: Got you. Now, uh, let's move on to Palinka himself, man. What what should Genie do with Palinka?
1: Well, I would say, man, I'd say he's got to go too. I mean, uh, if it, I, if I had control in the Lakers organization, I'd be doing what I can to get Jerry West back in that in, back in the organization, and I would do all I can. I I would be. I would be a groveling fool to get Jerry West back in that organization because they were always at their best when Jerry West had his fingerprints on that organization. So I would have no problem at all with uh, Byron Lincoln and kissing Jerry West's ass to get him back in the building.
0: Got you. And um, since I'd already brought up her relationship with Magic Johnson, do you think uh, she might need to distance herself from Magic a little bit? Or Do you think Magic is becoming a distraction or like, how do you feel about their relationship?
1: I don't. I really don't have a problem with their relationship. Uh, as much as I shit on Magic, I do like him as a consultant. He does know basketball, so and he's always going to be in her ear. So I think that's something that we're always just going to have to deal with. He's always going to he's always going to have Genie's ear, and I'm I'm all right with that to an extent. Uh, so I mean, if we if we recall, granted, LeBron James knew he was coming to the Lakers, but Magic Johnson was the one who showed up for the meeting to talk to LeBron about coming to the Lakers. So. Magic definitely has some value to the Lakers left to offer. And uh Magic also had something pretty interesting that he's that he revealed I guess earlier this week or maybe late last week and that uh DeMar DeRozan's agents reached out to him instead of Rob Lincoln. Mm. So as long as Magic wields that kind of power and wields that kind of influence, he's going to have to have some kind of role in that organization because when it comes to getting the lakers back to championship basketball as much as i disagree with magic on a lot of things uh one thing that we both share in common is getting the lakers to championship basketball so i ain't too mad with magic still having his uh having genie's ear and having some involvement with genie
0: got you now we got to move along to your boy westbrook man what should genie bus do with westbrook
1: man i think uh i think we've all realized that it's just not going to work uh as long as they as long as they have LeBron and from what I'm understanding LeBron's got the option to sign an extension to stay with the Lakers to two thousand twenty five, uh, which we'll find out if he does in the offseason or not. But as long as they have LeBron, I just don't think it's gonna work with Russ. As much as I love Russ and as much as I love seeing Russ on the Lakers, I think it's gonna be whatever they can do to get him in a different situation, I think that'll be the best for all parties involved. I just don't see it I just don't see it working. One way whether it's whether it's injuries or whether it's chemistry and cohesion. I just don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna work because in order for Russell Westbrook to have success, you have to build that roster around Russell Westbrook. And as long as LeBron James is in Los Angeles, that roster is not going to be built around Russell Westbrook at all.
0: Yeah. Now let me so ask you this: Russ,
1: Russ got to go. <laughs>
0: let me ask you this: So, if if I remember correctly, I think Houston was willing to trade uh, Wall and another player. For, West, for Westbrook, but they wanted a pick. And that was the breaking mm-hmm. point for Jeannie. Like, she didn't want to give up a pick. Do you think that she's being stubborn about the pick to punish LeBron James? And basically saying, like, you created this mess. Now you got to ride it out with West Westbrook because I'm not giving up my future pick for whenever you leave the team. And now I don't have anything to rebuild with.
1: Uh, I mean, that could be the case. Uh, They've given up so many picks that I'm pretty sure they don't have a first round pick in this draft or the, or the next draft, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, they probably need to be a little bit careful with their picks and uh, figure out, you know, they have, they have to start making a game plan as to what they're going to do when LeBron is gone and that's going to involve picks most likely. Uh, I think it'll be, uh, I'll be kind of surprised if they're able to lure in any free agents uh, in the offseason or whatever. So uh, they'll probably I, – I think them doing what they can to keep the picks that they have, I'm not mad at that at all. Got you. Not at all. And if it's, got, if it's going to piss off LeBron, it's just going to piss off LeBron. But, you know, they got they got to think about the future as well.
0: Absolutely, man. And uh, move along to my old Kentucky guy, man, Anthony Davis, a.k.a. Street Clothes, man. What should they do about <laughs> my guy's street clothes, man?
1: I don't think they should do anything. I don't think they should do anything rash. And uh, the reason I say that is because he's you don't see the Clippers panicking and trying to dump Kawhi. You don't see him trying to dump Paul George. You don't see uh you don't see the Nuggets panicking trying to dump Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. for that matter. And uh, granted some of the guys ain't on the same level as as on as they on the same level as Anthony Davis, but uh he hasn't missed as many games as a lot of those people, so in that aspect, I don't think he get rid of him. I I still think he's got the potential to be a top five player in the NBA. He probably he's not top ten, top fifteen right at the moment, simply because he hasn't been playing. But when that man is playing, when he's healthy, he's shown what he can do. You know, he's the number two guy, uh, bringing in the bringing that title to Los Angeles. He's got a he's got a title, so he's proven that he can win. I just think in LA the light shine a little bit brighter. And uh well, when you're on the Lakers anyway, the lights shine a little bit brighter. So uh it's easy to see it's easy to see his failures and his miscomings and you know, the fact that he really can't stay healthy. You know, I, I hate it. I hate that he can't stay healthy. I hate that it always seems like it's something. You know, every time he goes to the floor, you just you just wonder if he's gonna get up. He goes to the floor a lot. Yeah. So uh so I wouldn't give up on him just yet, but but at the same time, you know, if if an offer came for him that they just couldn't resist and it was a good offer, I I wouldn't be mad at that either, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be actively trying to move him myself. If I were the Lakers, I would be trying to, I'd be trying to keep him and build with him as long as I have LeBron.
0: Got you. Um, what I'm going to ask you next is before I, before I ask you about Jeannie and LeBron, I want to stay on AD and Westbrook for a second. All right. Because it seems like to me, both of those dudes, no matter what they say or no matter how they try to carry themselves, to me, I feel like they both done lost a little confidence, man. Do you get the same impression from them guys?
1: Oh, absolutely. Especially especially after listening to Anthony Davis the last couple of weeks, uh, now that he's come back and been playing. You listen to some of his post-game conferences, you can tell. You can tell he's, he's lost confidence. He's a little bit shook. I mean, he's out here talking about uh, what the New Orleans Pelicans – social media team is saying about him. And it's like, man, you gotta, you know, I understand that it can be frustrating and a little piss you off or whatnot, but you gotta let that go. You ain't with New Orleans no more. You shouldn't be worried about what their social media team is saying. Hell they said something they said something last night after the Lakers lost. It's like, you know, if I saw it, I know he saw it because he's the one talking about it. I, I feel like uh I feel like he's definitely lost confidence. This season probably shook him up and shook up Westbrook. I mean we saw how bad it got to Westbrook where he was like you know, could, ta- could, could talk about my name, you know, and talking about how, you know, he just couldn't handle being called West Brick, West Brick anymore. And I mean, I get it to an extent, but at the same time, man, it's it comes with the territory. And like I said in L.A., those lights shine a lot brighter. When when things are going bad, it's gonna be bad. When things are going good, though, it's gonna be great. You
0: know? yeah. So it's it's super. It's been super disappointing to me because I feel like um there was a moment in New Orleans right before he left where he was starting to become what I thought he could like, I I felt like he was reaching his ceiling. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, he was starting to look like, um, like he wanted the ball. Like he was like, he was like hungry to like be the man and dominate the game. And then, right. Shit. Even whenever he played in the bubble playoffs, It looked like he was like LeBron don't I got it LeBron just don't worry Mm -hmm. I got you and um yeah if they would have got that Anthony Davis consistently and he could stay on the court if he's mentally right I think they could have had two or three championships but I just never seen a guy with that much talent be so passive and uh Lacks so much aggression, man. And it, it's crazy because he may be, he might be the most talented big man that's ever played in basketball as far as everything he can do. Because he really don't got right. no weaknesses. If you, if he's really playing good, he really doesn't have a weakness. Right. And the same, even though I know Westbrook's always been like a high turnover guy, but damn, he used to could at least hit a mid-range jumper. Yeah. I mean, and it's just like some of the turnovers that I see him make now. It's just like um, it it looks like turnovers that I would make if you threw me in the NBA game.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what some, I'm saying? Like the he way had some, he has some boneheaded turnovers. I I can admit that
0: he gets caught in all of these spots, and it just looks like he he can't think the game, like he can't process what's happening, and he gets himself in trouble. And it looks like the defense is just rattling them. And I just never seen two guys with that much ability lose their confidence as badly as these guys. Do you do you think, like, what do you think they could do, man? Like, do you think they should, like, hire these guys like a, a therapist? Like, what, how do they fix these guys?
1: <laughs> it, it, it can't hurt. I'll tell you that. It can't hurt. Uh, I, I, they definitely, I, if they don't have a therapist, they both probably need one. At, at least, at least for a little bit. Uh, especially Russ. But uh I think the only thing that's gonna be good for Russ is just to get out of that environment and go somewhere else, man. I just don't I just don't see him being able to flourish in that environment, especially especially with the way that he plays. The way that he plays is not gonna be uh it's not gonna be something that a lot of people are gonna like, especially if the team is losing. You know, it's a whole other ball game if they're winning. Yeah. And uh I know that I know that there's times where LeBron has the same kind of boneheaded turnovers, and he'll make silly plays as well. But you know, LeBron is—LeBron's giving you thirty, forty points, and he ain't just—he ain't gonna give you twelve points and five, five rebounds, five assists, and six turnovers. You know, and yeah, that, those those were the kind of lines that we were getting from us Westbrook at the time. So, yeah, it, you you could live with. I a, think the only thing good for him is to get out of there.
0: Yeah, he just need a fresh start. Is it is it over? Yeah, is it over
1: AD, for AD? With AD, I worry. Well, with AD, well, I was gonna say with AD, I worry that uh, I worry that he's lost confidence in his body. To kind of go back to the earlier conversation, so I would think that he would need to. I think he needs to figure out something as far as uh, <laughs> whether it's a therapist or not. But uh, he needs to get back to playing the way he was when they were in the bubble. And I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what it's gonna take to get him back to that level. But that's the level that he's needed to be at in order for the Lakers to be successful.
0: Do you think, um, you think he picked up too much weight?
1: Hmm. That's, I don't know, because I know last year in the summer, he kept showing how he was working out and putting on weight and whatnot, but clearly that didn't help out any. So, so I don't know. I don't know if he needs to, I don't know if he needs to go on and shed that weight that he gained last summer or if he needs to, keep gaining it because he stayed injured at the same clip that he always stays injured at. You know, I think the most games he's ever played in a season is 75, never played a full season, but I mean, uh, <laughs> when he played 40 something games this year and 35 games last year or something like that. I mean, that ain't going to cut it. No, nah, I have to figure something out.
0: Do you think, uh, or let me ask you, let me ask it this way. If you was AD, would you consider retiring?
1: Hmm. Hmm. it would probably be on my mind, you know?
0: Because you know what? It would
1: probably be on my mind.
0: The vibes I'm getting is like Andrew Luck vibes. Because you remember, Mm -hmm. you know, Andrew Luck was kind of saying like, man, the game is just not fun because he's spending so much time rehabbing. It's like he just lost his passion for the game, man. Do you think Anthony Davis even enjoys it anymore?
1: It doesn't seem like he does, but – Man, it it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me to see him retire. I hope he doesn't. But uh it wouldn't surprise me because like you said with Andrew Luck, man, and I mean, these men are making money, they're they're making obscene amounts of money. So I mean he's not playing he's he's not playing for the money at this point. So uh so I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. It's interesting. I hadn't I hadn't really put any thought to that. <laughs> not till you mentioned it, but you know it's interesting makes you wonder what it makes you wonder what's really on his mind
0: yeah man i i just feel like it couldn't be fun to uh just be going to see doctors all the time and doing your little rehabs every day and just coming to the game and sitting on the bench man It's it's got to be pretty discouraging but anyways uh
1: i i'd say if he has another season like this season he'll definitely be thinking about it
0: yeah man i i would say so too um But yeah, uh, so the last person I want to ask you about is obviously LeBron. So Jeannie Buzz, what kind of plans should she be thinking about with LeBron, man? Like, let me ask you this. If a scenario came up and somebody made the right offer, do you think she should give it some consideration? Or should she just try to ride this out and see if they can somehow possibly salvage anything and maybe hope to try to compete for at least one more. Mm. Or should she just go for the future?
1: Hmm. Man.
0: Cause she could probably I'm get she could probably for one season, <laughs> she could probably get a couple picks back if she considered maybe moving LeBron. I and yeah, I don't I, guess... I don't know if I'm sure LeBron probably has all the clauses and whatever, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of his contract, oh, yeah. but let's just hypothetically talk about this for a second. And I don't really like to speak about hypothetical books, hypotheticals, but let's just do it for just for this moment.
1: All right. Uh, I think if she got an offer, she got an offer that she liked, an offer that made sense for the future of the, of the, the franchise man she's gotta she has to at least look into it she has to at least think about it because LeBron ain't getting any younger and uh we've seen we've seen how LeBron we've seen the good and bad with LeBron when he comes to a team you know uh, I think it was Brian Winhurst who mentioned it you know how after four years teams kind of teams with LeBron kind of take on a new life and uh you know, this is this is year four getting ready to be year four with of, of him with the Lakers. So they need to be thinking about what they're going to do after LeBron. So if they if they got an offer that made sense, I mean, they have to think about it. They owe it. They owe it to the franchise to think about it. This it, the the Lakers are the Lakers are bigger than LeBron James. As big as LeBron is, the Lakers are bigger than LeBron James, and that's the attitude they have to have going forward. You know, if they don't, they don't have that attitude. And, you know, LeBron is doing LeBron things. Then uh, I, that just doesn't bode well for the future of the franchise. I mean, LeBron ain't worried about no draft picks. I, <laughs> hell, he was the one that said fucking picks. You know, he ain't worried about no draft picks. So I think that – I think and I would hope that they would do what's best for the franchise if, if it was a deal that made sense and a deal that would uh, improve improve the roster and improve the, improve the way that they're playing. Be hard. It'd be hard for me to turn that down, for real.
0: Yes, sir, man. Well, hey, listen, fam. I ain't gonna hold you too much longer. But before I let you go, right? Who's winning the championship this year?
1: I'm still saying Phoenix. I'm on Phoenix. Uh, I mentioned them last time I was on your show. Uh I became more impressed with Phoenix after Chris Paul got hurt. Chris Paul got hurt, and that's when, in my opinion, Devin Booker. Uh, arose to MVP contention. And in my mind, Devin Bookers that he should be MVP. I know he's not going to get it. Uh, I'm sure he'll get some votes or whatever, but I'm still riding with the Phoenix Suns. I think they got that taste in their mouth last year uh, from losing to the Bucs. I think they know that they're capable of beating the Bucs. And they, man, they just look like a well-oiled machine this year. And I don't know. I'm looking forward to that Phoenix and Memphis series whenever that comes. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping that we get – I'm hoping we get Phoenix versus Memphis. Uh, I want that bad. Uh, at the same time, I, I, I hope Steph comes back. I want to see the Golden State Warriors at full strength with LeBron, with not LeBron, with uh, Draymond and Clay and Steph. I want to see what they can do. But uh, but yeah, for now, I'm still rolling with the Suns over the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to win the East, and I think the Suns are going to win the West, and I think the Suns are going to beat the Bucks in a six or seven game series, it's, and it should be. It should be a great one, but I think the Suns are going to pull it out this time. I think they think they got that chip on their shoulder that they need to get them over the hump.
0: There you have it, man. Phoenix Suns, your 2022 NBA champions from my guy, Jason <laughs> Alexander. Hey, listen, man. I appreciate you coming on the show, man. I, I love talking hey, to I you, brother. You having me. Yes, sir, man. Yeah, and, I hope and, I didn't
1: ramble too much. No,
0: absolutely not, man. And, and we'll get back at it again, man. Listen, thank y'all for listening, and we'll do it again next time on Sports and Discourse with Derek Stevenson.